the anchor of hope. And remember, if you miss a Chick Connection, you can always listen on our website or uh, through iTunes. Download the podcast there on iTunes, all right? Okay, let's just pray together. You know what? How many of you came this morning just wanting to hear from God, wanting God to speak to you this morning? Awesome. We should be coming with expectant hearts. So let's pray together right now and just ask God to speak to each one of us what he wants to speak to us, okay? Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and God, we just open our hearts wide to you, and we say, have your way. God, right now we lay aside distractions. We lay aside the cares and the busyness of life. We fix our attention on you. Father, speak to each one of us what you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, last week we talked about that anchor of hope. And you know, we said... We often talk about faith, but we don't talk about hope quite as much. So we really spend some time talking about hope and defining hope because we use that term really lightly in life. We hope the weather changes. We hope they have my favorite flavor of ice cream. We hope, we hope, all of these things. But that's not the kind of hope the Bible's talking about. When we read about hope in the Bible, it is literally talking about a confident expectation, that for which we have a sure guarantee. We don't have to wonder for a second. It's something that we can be 100% sure of. And you know what? When it comes to things based on man, based on humanity, we don't always have that 100% guarantee. Humanity always has the potential to let us down, to fall through. But anything that's based on God, that stems from God, has his guarantee. He guarantees us that we can have relationship with him. In his word, he talks about being able to come to him through salvation, having that daily relationship with him. And when we do, we have that guarantee of spending eternity in heaven with him. And then when we believe in him, he's got all of these promises laid out for us in his word that it says, we talked about last week, we went over some of these scriptures that he has given us his oath and his promise. It says, therefore, God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. His promises are true. We can count on them 100% and have that confident expectation in our hearts that his promises will unfold in our lives. We've got to grab a hold of that, ladies. We've got to realize when we read God's promises, it's not just a nice thought. It's not just nice words on a page. It's not just for someone else. They are for each and every one of us. And God's promises come with his guarantee. When we really realize that, it causes hope to explode in our hearts. It causes us to realize, wow, I can, I can count on this for sure. I may not be able to count on anything else, but God will not lie. And it causes hope to truly explode within us. And hope is powerful. We need to let hope explode within us because hope is very powerful in our lives. 
And last week, we spent some time talking about this verse from Hebrews 6 and verse 19. It says, now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. We talked about hope being that anchor for our souls. And we broke that down a little bit. Remember, we said a, a good Sailor, a good boat captain, knows how to drop anchor so that the boat will not get too far off course, so that the boat will not go aground, so that the boat will not get into danger, so that the boat will stay secure. That's what an anchor does. But it says that hope's the anchor of our soul. What is our soul? Our mind our will, our emotions, our thoughts. And so we talked about that last week. That when we let hope be that anchor for our souls, our mind, our thinking might take us out here because you know how your thoughts are, ladies. They can take you astray. But when we're anchored to hope, it brings us back to God's promise. When our emotions want to get out of control. Anybody ever have your emotions try to get out of control? And when our emotions try to go crazy, hope brings us back. It anchors our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Hope is powerful. Hope has the power to transform our soul. Hope has the power excuse me, (laughs) to um, overhaul our soul. Sometimes our souls need a little overhauling. Hope has the ability to do that, but we've got to let it expand in our hearts. In Romans 4.18, we read about Abraham, and we talked about Abraham quite a bit last week. And God gave us in... in, um, Hebrews chapter 6, he gave us the example of Abraham as someone who held on to God's promises in hope until he saw that promise fulfilled in his life. But in Romans chapter 4, it refers to Abraham and it says, For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. Abraham held on to that promise even when there was no human reason for hope. They were old. They were beyond childbearing years. God had given him this promise of a, a son and that his descendants would be as numerous as the, as the stars of the sky. He held on to that promise, even when it seemed like there was no natural reason for hope. So what I want you to see here is that we're not talking about a natural hope. We're not talking about a hope that's based on what we can see or circumstances. It's a supernatural hope that springs out of God's promises to us. His promises are true. He cannot lie. When we grab a hold of his promises, then that hope truly explodes, and it's a supernatural hope that does a supernatural work on the inside of us. So, 
Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, yeah, but how do I know God's promises for my life? I mean, Abraham had God appear to him in a vision and spoke directly to him. I haven't had that happen. How do I have that happen? How do I know God's promises for me personally? We're going to talk about that today. How do we chain ourselves to hope? letting hope truly be that transforming anchor of our soul. How do we let hope be that stabilizer that secures us? I want us this morning to take a little closer look at the anchor. So this part of the anchor, it's the weight, right? It is what makes the anchor the anchor. It's what makes it secure, stable. If this wasn't heavy, if this wasn't a weight, if this was light and could float, would it be an effective anchor? No, it was not a trick question. <laughs> no, it would not be an effective anchor. This represents hope. There is substance here. It represents the confident expectation that we can have and hold on to of God's promises. So I want to ask you this morning, what is God's promise that you are holding on to today? Think within your mind, within your heart. What is God's promise that you're holding on to? Does a promise instantly come to mind? If we are confidently expecting that promise, it should instantly come to mind. But maybe there are some of us here today who are not sure, who are wondering, who are wanting to know how to find God's promises for your situation. Can I tell you the greatest way that we can find God's promise for any situation is through his word. You know, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I don't really spend all that much time in the Word because God just speaks to me personally. Ladies, can I just give you a little word of caution this morning? We need to be wise women. We need to be careful because God's Word will always confirm what He is speaking to us. He never will speak anything to us that doesn't coincide and agree with his word. So we've got to know his word so that we know whether it's God speaking to us or whether it's the pizza we ate at midnight. We've got to be women who know what the word says. I mean, seriously, I have had women tell me all kinds of things that they believe God has told them. Things that don't line up with his word. God will not contradict his word. I have had women tell me that God has told them who they're going to marry. And come to find out, that man's married to someone else. 
We need to be women that realize God is not going to contradict his word. He's not going to contradict his nature because we can get our feelings and our thoughts involved and mixed up and think, oh, this is what God's telling me. You know what, ladies? We need to just come back to the simplicity of God's word. The number one way God speaks to us is through his word. We've got to realize how blessed we are to have this word. Abraham did not have a Bible. Abraham did not have this word. And so God appeared to him in a vision. But how blessed are we? We have this Bible. We have all of God's promises written out for us. It does not get more clear than this. He's written them out. He said, here you go, sweetheart. They're right here for you. But you know what? So often, I hear people say, well, I just want God to appear to me. I want that visitation. I want that vision like Abraham had. I want to hear that audible voice. And so often we can get hung up on having to hear God's voice when in reality, sometimes we're just, none of you, but maybe someone else, we're just being a little bit lazy and wanting God to stand in front of us and spell it out for us rather than digging into his word ourselves. And he's saying, sweetheart, it's right here. I've laid it all out for you. Just dig in. Discover the promises for yourself. Let them become alive in your heart. And when we start digging into this word, you know what happens? We start hearing God's voice more and more and more. Pursue his word. Go after his word. If we want to know what he's saying, we've got to learn what God's word says. And you know what? Sadly to say, there's too many Christians today not reading the word. Maybe you're here today and the Bible is new to you. Maybe you're not familiar with where to start. Maybe you're like, well, this is a book. I should just start in the very beginning. Can I just encourage you, if the Bible is new to you, start reading in the New Testament. It will be much more clear to you. The Gospel of John is a great place to start reading. Follow a Bible reading plan. Here at the bridge, we're doing a Bible reading plan where we read through the New Testament. Testament in a year. It's so simple. One chapter a day, only five days a week. You can find it on our website. But whatever we, however we go about it, we've got to start reading the word and getting it into our hearts, discovering God's promises for ourselves. Maybe you've got a certain situation and you're wanting to know, what is God saying to me for this situation? Get a concordance. So many of us have now the Bible apps on our phones or different uh, electronic devices, and usually you can do a little search. There's a search bar. Type in a word that you want to find scriptures for. You can utilize tools like that. Another tool that I think is awesome that every believer should have are these little God's promise books. They just spell out God's promises for so many different situations in life. This one's God's promises for women. And it's got God's promises for so many situations. 
for abandonment, for acceptance, for comfort, for doubt, for emptiness, for fear, for friends, for God's love, for hurting, for insecurity, on and on and on. It has all of these topics, and then it tells God's promises for those. And so then you turn to those pages, and for fear, we see... Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's God's promise, and then we can grab a hold of it. Maybe there's another situation you're facing. Maybe you need peace, and you turn to that section, and it says, I will give you peace, and you will be able to sleep with no cause of fear. That's a promise from God for us. And then maybe, maybe you've been worrying. You can turn to that section, and there's a promise. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4. And it gives us all these promises in here. But ladies, let me encourage you, this does not replace our Bible. We find that promise in here, and then we go to the Word, and we read it, and we read the full context of those scriptures. We let it become alive in our hearts. Whatever you need to do, find the tools that work for you. But we have got to be women who know what God's word says, who find his promises. You might be wondering, well, what's God's promise for me? You can find it. Get into his word. Get tools that will help you. He has promises for every single situation of life, everything that we could possibly encounter. But you know what? Our soul our thinking, our feeling, our wanting, our soul will resist the word. Our soul will find every reason for us not to get into the word. Has anyone ever encountered that? Maybe a couple of you. Hopefully I'm not alone in this place today. When I sit down to read my Bible, there is always... Not just something, many somethings <laughs> calling my name. Laundry. You, maybe you should check your emails. Well, you haven't looked on any social media in a long time. I wonder what's happening out there. <laughs> All of these things, things around the house, things I need to take care of. We'll call our names. That's why we have got to take authority over our soul, surrender our soul, and get in and find the hope of God's promises so that they will anchor our soul, so that we will be more stable, more secure in him. Amen? All right. What would you say is the most important part of the anchor? I would say... This chain is really the most important part of the anchor. Because let me ask you, if you're in a boat and you drop anchor without any chain, with nothing attached to it, is it going to do you any good? Absolutely not. It will do no good at all. And God's word is full of promises for each and every one of us. But if we don't 
chain ourselves to them, if we don't find them and attach ourselves to them, they won't do us any good. So I want us to talk for a few minutes about how do we do that? How do we chain ourselves to God's promises? What are some of the links in this chain that keep us attached to that hope that springs out of God's promises for us? For one thing, if we want to stay chained to that hope, we've got to stay in the word. And not just find that promise, oh, isn't that great? Okay, I'm done on my way and never think about it again. We've got to go over and over that. We need to write it down. We need to print it out. We need to post it up around ourselves. We need to meditate on those promises. And maybe you're here this morning going, well, I'm not really sure how to meditate. Oh, I can bet that you're good meditators. Anybody in here know how to worry? If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. That's what worrying is. You're meditating on the problem, on the circumstances. And we just need to think on God's promises like that. Replace thinking about the circumstances with the promise and think on the promise and go over and over it in our minds and hearts and let it roll around within us and ask God to show us even more clearly what that means for us. We need to stay in that promise, stay in the word. Because if we ignore the promise, if we find it, and then just toss it aside and ignore it and never think about it again, we're not going to stay chained to it. Another link in our chain here is we've got to position ourselves in the house of God. It's so important. It's a vital part of our Christian walk. You know that? And maybe you're here at Chick Connection. Maybe a friend has brought you. Maybe you don't have a home church where you've been planted. You know what? I just encourage you, whether it's here or somewhere else, it's so important to be in a church where they're teaching the word, where we're going to grow and learn more of God's promises, growing together with other believers, receiving, but then also giving out, using what God's put within us. We need to be planted in a local church, but not just going to church on Sundays. Then we also need this sort of thing, being here at Chick Connection during the week. It is awesome to be with other women, growing together with other women. God created us women as relational beings. And you know what? The enemy will try everything he can to keep us from connecting with other godly women because he knows what happens when we connect with each other. We encourage each other. We strengthen each other. We become better and stronger together. Last week, it was so awesome. During the table connecting time at the end of Chick Connection, I was just walking around and I saw such amazing ministry and encouragement happening at each table as women were just encouraging each other, praying for each other. It was so awesome. You know what? That's what it's about. Ministry is not just what happens on the platform. Ministry is what happens at the 
the tables and all over this place. And it happens through all of us. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you and say, well, you don't fit in. You, you're not like those women. You can't connect with them. You didn't click with anyone at your table. We need to come with the perspective of God, use me today. Help me to see somebody that I can encourage today. We need to be growing together, letting ourselves receive, but also be used by God. It's so important. It keeps us anchored to his promises. It keeps us on track with what God wants to do in our lives. Another link in our chain here to keep us anchored to that hope is we need to position ourselves among godly influences. What kinds of things influence our lives? Relationships are a really big influencing factor in our lives. So who are you hanging out with? Who do you spend most of your time with during the week? Are they godly people who are encouraging what God wants to do in your life, who are reminding you of God's promises in your life, who are helping you become stronger in God? You know what? Sometimes there are unhealthy relationships that we need to be aware of. Sometimes that we need to cut out of our lives. We need to surround ourselves with influences that are strengthening strengthening us and helping us stay chained to the promises, the hope we have in God. What are other types of influences? How about things we read, things we watch on TV, things we read on the internet? Can I tell you, I don't know how many times I have talked to women who have said, well, you know what, I haven't really been feeling good. I've been having this this ailment, and so I'm just, I'm clinging to God's promises for healing for my body. But, you know, I thought I better just check it out. So I got online and I Googled my symptoms. And I found out that, oh, my goodness, do you know it could be this? And then, do you know you have to have major surgery for this? And then, did you know this condition could lead to this condition? And, but I'm clinging to God's promise. No, we're not. (laughs) We're being influenced by everything we're reading when we don't know anything about what it is. We're just letting all of that influence our soul, our thinking, our emotions. And we need to let hope be the anchor of our soul. Let God's promises expand in our lives. We need to cut out negative influences, do everything we can to align ourselves with God's promises. Let me ask you, whenever we're holding on to a promise that we haven't seen unfold in our lives yet, where does the greatest battle take place? Right here, in our mind. I know I'm a little noisy up here today. Sorry about that. (laughs) The biggest battle takes place in our soul and our emotions and our mind, our thinking. It's all wrapped together. So much of it takes place right here. Well, 
well, I think this happened, so I think this might happen. And then I think, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I think, well, what if that happens? Oh, my goodness. And then what do I do about this? And, and I think this might happen. And, oh, I think, oh, that might happen too. And, and when I feel this, and, oh, my gosh, I see it like this, so that makes me feel this. And then I think this, and then I want this. I really want this. And then I think that, but that makes me want this this, and I see this, and I feel that. You know what? We can drive ourselves crazy with what we think, we feel, and we want. Our soul will run amok. Our soul will try to lead us amok. (laughs) If that's an expression, it is now. Our soul will try everything it can to get us to let go of that hope, to break that chain, We've got to realize we need hope as the anchor for our soul. We need hope, that confident expectation, the assurance, 100% confidence of God's promises. We need that to become greater than anything we can think, feel, or want. And we need the hope of God to wash over our thinking, wash over our emotions, consuming our souls. Do you know in 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse 8, it tells us to put on as a helmet the hope of salvation. Did you realize that salvation is not just referring to a one-time experience? Salvation is continual coming to God. It's that continual daily experiencing God's wholeness, experiencing health, protection, safety, peace, all that Jesus provided for us, all that he's promised us. It's walking that out. We need to be able to put that on as the helmet. The helmet of hope. That's what the word says. Yes, I'm messing my hair up for you. I love you that much. (laughs) We need to put on the helmet of hope. Do you know in the original writings in that 1 Thessalonians 5 when it says helmet, do you know what that word literally means? It means the encirclement of the head for the protection of the soul. I love that. We need to be women that are willing to put on the helmet of hope. I want you to get this visual. That's why I'm doing this for you this morning. And I want you to get a visual of all of you, yourself, putting on the helmet of hope. We've got to get good at putting it on. We've got to get quick to put on the helmet of hope. We've got to get a hold of our thoughts and our emotions, what we think, what we feel, what we want. We've got to be women who will get a hold of those things before they get a hold of us because they will definitely try. So when we get up in the morning, how many morning people do we have in this place? That means there's a lot of non-morning people in this place. So when we get up in the morning 
and all throughout the day, we need to get the visual. We need to see ourselves putting on the helmet of hope. When those thoughts come, when the emotions are saying, I don't feel good. I just want to be grouchy and grumpy. I just want to pull the covers up over my head. No raising your hands and admitting to that back there. (laughs) One honest woman, I love it. (laughs) When our emotions and our thoughts are saying those things, we need to put on this helmet of hope and instead be filling our minds, our thinking with what God says and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Talk to our souls. Soul, you will not be downcast. You will rejoice in the God of your salvation. Do you know that's what King David said? He talked to his soul, and I love that. And I have learned from him, and I talk to my soul regularly because my soul wants to be out of control. My soul wants to be run by its every whim and feeling and thought. And not only do I talk to my soul, I give my soul a good swift kick in the rear whenever it's needed and say, knock it off. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I've got so much to be thankful for. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to jump into a pity party today. I'm not going to be grouchy today. I have no reason to be. Life is exciting with Jesus and he's got so much he wants to do in and through us. That's what we need to do. Putting on that helmet of hope, encircling our minds, our thoughts with what he says. And when something unexpected happens in the course of our week, something tries to take us off course and throw us into a tailspin, ladies, what do we do? What should we do in those situations? First thing, our soul wants to do is ah, freak out. But what do we do? Women of God, we put on our helmet of hope and we replace all of those thoughts and those emotions. And we begin to tell ourselves what God's word says. Say, my God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is my shield. He is my protector. He restores my soul. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, I know that you are with me. God, you are a very present help in time of need. God, you are the healer of my body. God, your word says that you are the healer of the brokenhearted. We begin to tell ourselves what his word says. God, I know that you are my comforter. God, I know that you supply my every need according to your riches and glory. We need to be women who will encircle our minds with hope in God. You know, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, It says that we are to bring every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. How do we do that? We do it by putting on the helmet of hope. We do it by replacing our thoughts, our emotions with God's thoughts. We've got to get good at putting on that helmet of hope 
because it keeps us chained to his promises. It keeps us attached to them so that we will see them fulfilled in our lives. Hope anchors our soul, but it doesn't just happen automatically. We have to let it. We have to chain ourselves to it so that hope can explode and expand in our lives and take over our souls. One of my favorite verses is found in Psalm 27, verse 14, and it says, wait, hope for, and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Sometimes there's some waiting involved. Abraham had 25 years of waiting involved before he saw that promise fulfilled. Sometimes we've got a little waiting to do as we're holding on. That's why we've got to chain ourselves to that hope. But can I today give you one really, really vital key for during the waiting process? Anybody ever had to wait before? All right. I want to share with you one thing that's so vital to that waiting process. Trust God to bring the promise to pass however he wants. Let me tell you what I mean. Too often we grab a hold of that promise and we just get a picture of how he's going to do it. In our mind, in our finite human mind, we get a picture of how God is going to cause his promise to unfold in our lives. And we end up holding on to that picture more so than we're actually just holding on to the promise. Let me have you think of it like this. Anybody ever needed a dress or an outfit for a special occasion and you got a picture in your mind of what that was going to look like? You saw yourself in it. It was perfect. So you went to the mall and you went store after store after store after store and you could not find that picture that was in your mind. You may have seen a hundred outfits that were appropriate for the occasion, but... You weren't interested in any of them because they were not the picture that was in your mind. Anyone ever done that? You know what? I think so often we do that with God. We get a picture in our mind of how he's going to bring the promise to pass, how it will unfold in our lives. And then when he wants to do it differently, we don't even recognize it. We don't even realize God's at work. God's doing something in our lives. We don't even recognize his blessing. I've done it. I remember a time in my life that I was facing some real financial challenges. I was single. I was making enough to pay the bills, but there was nothing left after that. And I remember a time in my life of needing groceries, a, a simple need, but there just wasn't enough left for the groceries. 
And so I found God's promise and I hung on to it. And I said, okay, God, I know you will supply my every need according to your riches and glory. You're going to provide for me in this. I trust you. I have no doubt whatsoever. I know that you're my provider. And I would go off to work and I'd come home and I expected each day when I came home, I expected to see bags of groceries on my doorstep. I just had that picture in my mind. I knew God was going to answer that need and it was groceries. How else would it happen? and they're not going to just fall out of the sky so somebody's going to put bags of groceries on my doorstep and I just expected that day after day I come home no groceries God I really need groceries and then I remember one day I just felt like God just whispered to my heart and said I've already provided them oh maybe I missed them are they out there no God where what do you mean and I felt like he just whispered to my heart you know that, that church where you go? You know the, that food pantry that they have? The groceries are sitting there. Provision is waiting for you. Groceries have your name on them. Just go get them. Oh, God, no, that's not what I meant. Can't you answer that in another way? Those are for other people, not for me. That would mean swallowing my pride. And uh, then other people know that I'm having a hard time. And no, God, couldn't you just deliver them to my doorstep? You see, so often we get a picture in our mind of how God's going to fulfill his promise. And we hold on to that even more firmly then we just simply hold on to his promise that he will provide and watch for the ways in which he might provide. And ladies, we've got to be careful in the waiting process that we don't let our wants, our feelings, our thoughts, our soul try to dictate how God's going to fulfill his promise. You see, our soul tries to control our lives. We've got to recognize it. And we've got to determine to be women who will rise up and be brave and courageous. That verse we just read in Psalm 27, it says, wait, hope for, expect the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Do you know it takes more bravery and more courage to let God unfold his promises however he wants rather than how we want? And do you know that the way he will do it will always accomplish more on the inside of us than our way will? His way, for me, certainly produced more fruit on the inside of me than my way ever would have. And I just believe the Spirit of God today is just calling us to be women who will refuse to be controlled by our souls, refuse to be controlled by what we think, what we want, and what we feel. Let's be women who determine, determine in our hearts today to let hope, the assurance of God's promises, be alive be active, be that anchor that keeps our soul on track, chained to God's promises so that we'll see them fulfilled however he wants. Amen? Amen.
You know, I just want to pray as we close today. You know, maybe, maybe you just realize some areas of your life that your soul's been a little bit out of control, running amok with thoughts, with feelings, emotions. Let's just take a moment and pray. Just close your eyes right where you're at and with your own heart. You know, I think it's interesting. We sang that song when we started this morning about surrendering our souls. Let's take that moment and really, even more fully, surrender our souls to God and make a determination within our hearts to be women who are not controlled by our souls, but allow our souls to be anchored in the hope of God. Just within your own heart, just begin to talk to God about it. Make that commitment to him today. And Father, I just pray for every woman in this room. God, I pray that we would have a greater, fuller revelation of your promises. God, that they are true for us, not just for others, but for us. Help us to anchor ourselves to them. God, if there's things we need to do in our individual lives to become chained to those promises more strongly than we have before, God, help us. Show us how. God, I pray that we would be women who would be willing to lay our thoughts, our thinking, our emotions, our feelings and wants aside and receive all that you want in our lives, God. Father, I thank you that your plans for each and every one of us are far better than any of ours. God, have your way. Do all that you want to do in our lives, through our lives, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And ladies.